Welcome to A Real Nurse, the podcast, and I'm your host, Angela Thomas. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Angela, with A Real Nurse, the podcast. Welcome to a new episode. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the importance of understanding your health care so you can choose the right plan for you. You know that time of year where uh, it's open enrollment, you get the notification from your employer that it's approaching and to be on the lookout for your new packet. Or perhaps you're brand new to a job and you get to that point of orientation where they talk about benefits and they hand you this packet and tell you to go through it and pick your health care coverage that you want. Or Maybe you've retired or you're disabled and you're getting Medicare. And now it's just not traditional Medicare. You have the option of doing uh, Medicare HMO or these Medicare Advantage plans. And so getting these packets can be very overwhelming, trying to read through it and see. And of course, things they don't want you to know is often hidden in the fine print. So I I deal with um, patients and families who oftentimes don't understand how their insurance work and what coverage they have. And they just usually, if you talk to people, they just choose, they just chose a packet. And so I want to really uh, discuss the ramifications of really not understanding your healthcare coverage and why it's important to look at things other than just the cost of the plan. And so tonight I welcome my guest, Kim Young. Kim has a background um, in finance, but then she transitioned over to healthcare and she works for one of the largest uh, healthcare providers here in the, in the United States. And so with that, we'll get started. Good morning. Good morning, Angela. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. Baby, all this technical stuff, I tell you. I know. I know. <laughs> Especially in my generation. I'm not, these kids can operate this stuff with their eyes closed. I know. I know. I, that's why I depend on my two. <laughs> and my, my, mine are gone, so I'm left to figure this out on my own. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, good morning and welcome to A Real Nurse, the podcast. And thank I, you. Thank you for being my guest. Uh, I have, uh, ever since you agreed to be my guest, I am just in wonderment of how God moves. Um, mm-hmm. When I heard you on um, Black Cancer, I was just blown away. I mean, just totally blown away. Um I think I've listened to that episode at least four times and yeah, at least four times. Um, And when you and I uh, spoke um, privately, I told you it's just certain people when you meet them or you hear them, um, you know, you speak to them by phone. When you and I chatted, it was as if we had been friends forever Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I felt the same way. I felt yeah. the same. 
And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, if she's ever in Houston, she's my girl. I got to show around. I got to take her to all the eating places. Absolutely. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like if I go to Philadelphia, I can just pick up the phone and say, girl, when are you free? I'm coming to Philly. Yes. And you're going to, you know, I'm going to get that hospitality. Absolutely. Um, I, I just feel that way, you know, and when I heard you, first of all, you know, my heart went out because I know that sense of loss of losing a mother. Um, mm-hmm. But the way the things, the tools that your parents have left you with, the way that you guys came together, it just reminded me of that's how we that's how we used to be. That's how that's how we are as a people, as family. You know, that's the, mm-hmm. those are the legacies that we grew up with that's it it just you know it warmed my heart that even in loss you guys still carried on with the legacy and the the love and the seeds that your parents have have planted in you and your siblings and how very important it is to have advocacies and how even when you're going through different things how god would manifest what he's been doing behind the scenes because you know in each one of you and your siblings role each one of you brought something to the table when y'all were growing up and y'all went on y'all journeys y'all didn't know how he was going to pull that those things back together in order for Mm -hmm. y'all to be able to advocate for your parents Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. right right and how even with Jody Ann, how even I don't think she even realizes that even in her journey, you know, nobody wants to get cancer. But right. even when we go through our journeys, I, I had a pastor who preached that many, many years ago that oftentimes when we go through different trials and tribulations, it's not about us. Right. It's so that someone else can get a te- you know, our, our story becomes a testimony to encourage others and and things of that nature. Yep. Yep. But what you said in that was that your background is in um, health insurance and how because of that knowledge and in your health background, you was able to advocate uh, for your mom. And in what I do, and one of the reasons I started the podcast is because even for me as a healthcare worker, it can mm-hmm. be very, very frustrating. And so I can imagine for someone who doesn't even know um, yeah. that area, how frustrating it can be. And then when you're fighting just to try to navigate the healthcare part, now you got to deal with the, the financial end of it and trying to mm-hmm. figure out your healthcare. And you mm-hmm. were so passionate about it, not just because you were advocating for your mother, but you can tell that it's not just a job for you. You are really invested in making sure that the people that you serve are getting what they paid for and that when you operate, yes, that's how you make your living, but you operate mm-hmm. from, a, from a place of integrity. Right. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's and true. I, I called Jody and I said, I have to connect with her. Please give her my information. I have to connect <laughs> with her because I I don't just put people on my podcast just for the sake of trying to put people on to put out an episode so I can mm-hmm. get enough likes and shares. Yes, I want to I want to get the information out there, but I want to get out there because I wanted to touch people and I wanted to educate people. Right. And I and I want 
I want the guests that I have on to really have something to say that's going to really educate and, and give people the information that they need. And I said, I have to connect with her. I got you. And I'm so honored that you agreed to come on. And with that, I'm going to ask you to give us, the listeners, your background and what it is that you do. And then we'll get into um, some, some information that I, I feel like will be beneficial to them. Sure. Thank you. I'm honored that um, you enjoyed and that you got something from it um, and, and it really was coming from the heart because about number one God, number two my family and making sure our folks know what's going on um, in the health not only that but that um, you know they become advocates for themselves. Journey actually kind of started with daughter. I think that's where I really got my feet wet because I have a special needs daughter. And at the time I wasn't even in the health and in the insurance industry, but Mm -hmm. wasn't on the health side. I was on the opposite side where I was dealing with life insurance, annuities, um, and then you have uh, the brokerage side, which talks, you know, with, which you have with stocks, bonds, and all that kind of stuff. So at the time when I first got my feet wet, I didn't have that much knowledge about the healthcare system and and um, health insurance. But as soon as she was born, I had to know. It was like, okay, you got to really. Um, dive in, and that's when I made the transition from that side of the house to the healthcare side of the house. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's my background. Um, I, I do not proclaim licensed agent, so I want to make that disclaimer because I'm not a licensed agent, but I have been in the field for long enough to know the differences between subventions and how folks can advocate for themselves because I had a personal journey educated me and got me and afforded me to be able to be able to speak to it. My journey in this will lead to that because that's something that I'm going to do by the end of this year, become a licensed agent within tri-state and maybe branch out to a couple of states um, surrounding my tri-state area. However, like I said, um, I communicated with, with my daughter and then I was able to information and help my mom. And then, and it's funny because then my mom, then my sisters, and then family members now that I'm reaching out to and, and things of that nature. So that's how that came about. That's my background. I just have a passion for people. I have a passion for making sure that informed decisions. They're able to, um, you know, is within the health insurance. Um, I, you know, professionally, I I do have a bachelor's in management. I have a master's in finance. Um, I work for one of the healthcare systems, or I should say health insurance systems, um, and I am a provider um, representative, a relations consultant, um, and now um, I'm about to be 
become a contract negotiator. So within the gotcha. same realm. So that's my professional piece of it. But I, besides that, I love because that's what stands out and that's what motivates me to keep doing what I'm doing. Piece of it. Fantastic. So as I explained to you, uh, you know, where I am right now, I am in, um, I'm a nurse case manager. And so, so much of what I see is that people really don't understand how their insurance work. And that's both on those individuals who have Medicare and those who are in the private sector. Mm-hmm. And they 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 just pick a plan. Um, yep. They get that packet and they throw that packet somewhere and they don't think about it until they actually yep. are in the thick of things, right? And then yeah. even then, they really don't understand. And then they just think, of, you know, especially in seniors, I hear oftentimes when I go in and tell them, well, you know, th- that's not covered or I try to explain to them, well, it's better for you to do this or do that. I have right. my Medicare and my Medicare's no, 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 it doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, and so and then you what's really sad right now, and I experienced it with, with my father when he was alive, they have these predatory people who go into these neighborhoods where seniors are mm-hmm. and knock on the door and tell them look, if you sign up with this plan or that plan, we can get you this and we can get you that. Yeah. They, 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 they send in stuff that these people don't even need. Here we, in a certain area, you can see people riding up and down the street on these mobile, uh, uh, I call them uh, motorized chairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times they don't even need it, but it's a way for them to build. And right. Medicare has tried to clamp down, but here's the thing. You just clamp down across the board on everybody, whereas you have individuals who really need it, but you really made it, it you you made it so difficult for the doctors to to write the prescription to get it for the people. The doctors don't even yep. want to bother, right? So even yep. for the individuals who need it, the doctors is like it's so cumbersome and I got to do all this and I, and I don't have time. And so mm-hmm. they don't even want to deal with it. And so the individual that really needed has to jump through hoops to get it just because it was so much fraud and waste. Yeah. Yep. And so the, the person that really needed that, they, they have to find someone that's really willing to put in the work to advocate and advocate feel like, it, I mean, yep. I mean, it could take me an hour, hour and a half. Cause I got to dig through all of the ancient, HUP. They have to go through all of this rigmarole and test mm-hmm. and I got to do all this documentation and then I got to <laughs> run the doctor down and yes. got to read through it and make sure there's no fraud because they don't want it to right. come back on them. But right. if I feel like the patient really, really needed then I'm with, but it takes so much time out of my day. Too much red tape. It, yeah. It's so much red tape of documentation. All the I's have to be dotted. All the T's have to be crossed. Um mm-hmm. And then, yeah. but I see people who really don't need it, just like home health services. You know, they was going getting people to sign up for home health services, and there's criteria 
um, that says what all takes. And then, you know, even when I was doing home health on the side, when, especially mm-hmm. when my kids were in college and uh, working extra jobs, and I would go and I would call the home health agents like, this person don't qualify for home health. Just do it. No, right. no, no, I don't I don't work here anymore. Because and then right. you take the people that really need it, they can't get it. They can't so, get in. Mm-hmm. They can't get in. So then you have people that they would go in, they would sign up for this plan. They say, oh, well, if you sign up for this plan, okay, but wait a minute. This plan has a donut hole. And if you take a lot of medications, you don't need this plan because you're going to max out of your donut hole within six months. Right. And you're going to have this, you'll have this high bill of medications. You can't afford your medications. Then you're going to end up in the mm-hmm. hospital. It's going to be a mm-hmm. revolving door. So they don't understand what a donut hole is. Mm-hmm. Um, or they, uh, they need they need home health, but this plan mm-hmm. has signed. They had they had signed up with this home these little pop up by nights. I call them pop up by nights home health agencies. Right, they don't right. have enough staff. You live way out in Timbuktu, but the home health agency that's contracted with your insurance is way over here. They don't have staff that go way out there. So when it's time for you to have. It's nearly impossible for me to find a home health agent. So it's all these little nuances. Or mm-hmm. if you're if you're really sick, you got to be able. They don't understand about reading through the 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 little subtleties. Or you know you in this plan, but you only have X amount of days to be here or there. Or this plan doesn't necessarily uh, have coverage for you if you need rehab or if you need to go here right. or there. Doesn't right. have that. Um, right. And then for those who are in the private sector, you know, they think, well, okay, if you if you really don't have any health issues or you don't have a family history of a lot of health issues that could come back and bite you in the butt, then you can go with a generic plan that you just right. need your preventive measures. But if yeah. you have if you if you have issues or there's a possibility that you have a lot of health care issues in your family, those things may show up in your twenties or thirties. I would right. recommend or you need to get these supplemental plans like mm-hmm. uh, critical illness, yep, right. things of that nature, so that if mm-hmm. you can't work, you have all these layers of yeah. protection. Correct. Absolutely. So I want to talk, let's start with Medicare. So, because you, you kind of talked about that and how um, with your mom and how it's better to optimize and, 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 and a lot of people, and I understand it because I know here in Texas, if they get into these managed care plans, they get mm-hmm. to keep more money in their check, but they don't understand right. how that impacts them on the back end. So on the back end. Yeah. Let's, let's kind of start there. Right. You said everything you said, that's a big issue with, our folks and and we will start with Medicare because our older population, um, number one, most of them on a fixed income, mm-hmm. and and then some of them might afford pitch plans. So mm-hmm. with my parents, um, we we yeah, so they they had Medicare, they had the the Medicare. However, they were able to get the advantage. So it was Medicare Advantage, where it gave them more of, I don't want to say opportunities, but it gave them more coverage, mm-hmm. let's say, that, per se, mm-hmm. than a, a regular Medicare plan. Um, and I knew that going in. So I, I told my parents, I said, yeah, you could get the 
Medicare, Social Security gives it to you. They take, you know, the premium out your check and, and, and that's it. But mom, you, mom and dad, you need a little bit more than that. So let's let a little bit above that and let's try the Medicare Advantage. And in doing that, and I, I really took my time and I recommend this to those who might be listening, time to look through those plans because at their, in that retirement age, there is a big likelihood you have to have hospitalization. We don't know for what, but let's just say you, you know, someone got pneumonia. You might have to stay in the hospital more than one. So those were key factors that I looked at. How much will my parents have per day if they go into the hospital? And most of those plans come with the copay. So is Mm -hmm. it $100, you know, for the Mm -hmm. emergency? And then if you get admitted, then you then have to move into what the hospitalization charges, you know, mm-hmm. those type of things. So that's important. Look at, you don't want to have to have a hospital say where it's $350 a day, you know, and, and, and that's on the higher end where you might pay a higher premium in the front, but if you have a hospitaliz- uh, hospitalization stay, you may only have to pay a hundred dollars. That's a big difference. A hundred and three fifty makes a big Correct. difference in what's Correct. coming out of your pocket. Things um, of that nature. Um, um, for our retirement age folks, they might have to go into what's called a SNF. Industry terms is a SNF, skilled nursing facility. Okay, so from zero or one to 99 days, it might be X amount of dollars. Um, and then when you get to day 91, there's a, another set of parameters that you have to meet and things of that nature. It's important to read that because what you pay from day one through 99 on one type of plan um, could be a difference of $300. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and that's the, and that's the, those are those fine prints that you have to look at and you have to look at, um, it, it, and I know those, they, and I don't even know why they make them this way instead of making it like a snapshot. They make it so much that these folks have to read through all of this documentation Correct. when all you have to do is present it in a snapshot and look at it from that folks have to look at. So yes, that's what I, I made sure. And I read through all the different types of, um, plans from the um, you know, from and I don't want to. I don't know if I can name some of the larger ones, but there's some major um, insurance plans that Medicare goes offer those Advantage plans. And although the premium might be a little bit more upfront, the benefit behind it, if you utilize those services, makes a yeah, world you, of difference. Yeah, you're yeah. free to name them. Yeah, you're free okay. To name yeah, them. so you have like your. You might have your Blue Cross, Blue Shield. You might have the Kaiser, and they might be maybe relevant to Pennsylvania, but I know the Aetna, Blue Cross, and probably Cigna reach across the states. Yeah. Yeah. Those larger ones, um, I'm thinking of another one, um, maybe Avantra. Uh, yeah, we have here. Here we have the ones that I know reach across that we see, I see a lot of are uh, the big box or Cigna. Mm-hmm. Blue Cross mm-hmm. Blue Shield and yep. UHC and UHC. Okay. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
care. Yep, exactly. Yep. So those guys, when you look at them, they they might tend to be a little bit more in the front, but you you pay for it after you don't need to. Another piece of information that I really honed in on was my parents' deductible. That's a biggie. You, with a deductible, um, that's the amount that you owe for your health care. If your deductible, just say, is $5,000, um, what that means is that your health care services that you incur, let's say you have a doctor's appointment, a well visit, um, then you might have to go see a specialist for something or other, um, and then you have all these different visits, all of that is up and it would come to whatever your deductible is. So if it's thousand um, dollars you would have to have all of these services that thousand dollars before your plan pays at 100 percent so that's something that's very very important especially with our older um our older folks if we're if we're staying in the lane of medicaid so if if you choose a deductible that's going to be eleven thousand five hundred dollars it's on time for, and, and a lot of services, services, um, yeah, to equal to that amount, your plan will even kick in to pay at one hundred percent. So, yep. what parents? I chose the lower deductible, but it had a, a higher premium. It was like an interest type of, um, calculation. Premium lower deductible premium you're going to have a high deductible higher deductible yep exactly so to keep in mind when you're looking at that um like i said that if you can really stretch it out and be able up front advise that you do it up front rather than the back end because you don't want to go into the hospital or have some major uh incident that you have to pay for on the back end you could have maybe avoided part of it in the beginning. A $50,000 bill, you know, medical bill, as opposed to a $1,000 bill is, is a big difference. So, yeah, that's and I see it all too. And I, see, that. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I see it all too often, especially when you talk about SNF, like for here. So yeah. when Medicare, Medicare is like day one through 20, it's covered at 100%. It's covered at 100%. Yep. And day 21 through 100, they have to cover the copay, right? Right. So if on the low end, on the low end, just depending on the facility, that copay could be 187, somewhere between 187, $200 yeah. a day, right? Yeah. Cool. And mm -hmm. if, if they don't have a supplement in like an AARP or some type of supplement to come in and catch that, or if they don't qualify for Medicaid to come in and catch that, so mm -hmm. what I've what I've seen is that people are trying to get out of the sniff and they out of there and sometimes they're not in a position where they're well enough and but they'll go home. Leave. Right, yep. they go home. And so then what happened is you have that bounce back or what we call an RTA, return to acute. And mm -hmm. so they may go home and they may make it a few days, but they, they bounce right back to the hospital. And so, you know, it, it's really something that I would I will, I will help 
that our go- our uh, government officials really need to look at our centers and stuff because mm-hmm. that they gotta look at it, you know. And then, but instead of them looking at it from their role in it, they're looking at it and they're putting the onus back onto the healthcare system, and they're penalizing healthcare providers and facilities for these bounce back. But you, we're dealing with elderly people. A lot of right. them have multiple health care issues stacked on mm-hmm. top of each other. And you yep. tell us you got X amount of days to get these people back. And then mm-hmm. if, you, if you can't keep them at home, we're going to take more funds from you if, right. if they come back to the hospital. Well, but reality is these people are worried they won't stay in the hospital because they're worried. Like, I don't yeah. have the money to pay these copays. Right. Right. Yep. That's the issue. That really is the issue. That's the crux of it because, um, like you said, it they'll leave that facility because they can't afford We, everyone else is paying for it because yes. that the health care costs up. Yes, because it does. They have chronic conditions. Yep. They can't be treated because they're worried about, you know, being able to afford it. And they go right back into the RTA. Then yep. what? That that cost is being absorbed right back somewhere. Around. Yep. Somewhere in that in that piece of it because now they need that extra care when they if they had stayed that extra thirty more days. Guess what? Correct. It could have been it and could have been help. Yep. They would have gotten yep. the necessary services and the necessary instructions to be able to care for themselves at home. But be correct and go right back in. Guess what? Not only did they incur another charge and it's more, the rest of us have incurred another charge as well. And it it comes out somewhere, some way, but guess what? We're all paying for it. And like you said, we we need to kind of work with our government and our healthcare system to try this. The goal should not be how much revenue we're going to get from this. The goal should be, let's make our folks healthy enough so that no. they can go have that residual effect of the um pay that extra money that comes out and in healthcare up and premiums up. So no unfortunately yes. the goal is all revenue. It's all revenue driven. It, it has nothing to do with the patient and it's not I don't think it's that the um that you know a lot of people feel like the healthcare system is uncaring. But the way reimbursements are being driven, it has yeah. created this environment of, um, of um, look, the, in order for me to get this amount of money, because no, that's what I keep telling everyone, no business, up to and including healthcare, no one opens a business not to be successful or to lose right. money, mm-hmm. up to and including healthcare, right? Absolutely. You, mm-hmm. you cannot go into a grocery store make a basket full of groceries, get to check out and say, oops, I forgot my money. And they're going to let you walk out the store with those right. groceries. Right. No, not going to happen. And <laughs> I don't know why people think that healthcare, that you can go to healthcare, get all of the services that you think you want. And mm-hmm. then you're supposed to leave out. Everybody feel like I'm entitled to healthcare, but healthcare costs. It and costs. We keep, we keep making all these revolutionary uh, improvements because people want to live longer and they mm-hmm. want to have better lives. Well, those mm-hmm. things cost. They Doctors, do. 
doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners don't spend all this time studying to get the education that's required to provide you with top-notch health care and not Mm -hmm. be able to support their families. And institutions have to pay for that. Well, how do we pay for that? It means that you have to pay your part. So even if you have insurance, you have a percentage that you are responsible for. And then Mm -hmm. your insurance company, well, insurance companies don't go in business to lose money. But the way the reimbursements are structured, the way things are happening is that it's forcing these institutions to for, to look at the bottom line instead of right. looking at your patient at the patient. Right. At patient and, care. Yep. And the only way to fix that, you you know, the consumer wants to say it's the hospitals and it's they're, they're becoming greedy. No, you gotta look at the standards of care and the regulations that's put in place because that is coming from the government. Right. And until you start holding the people that you vote into office accountable and making them that whole the whole system needs to be dismantled and 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 reorganized and restructured <laughs> yes. and put back I together. Agree. I agree. You know, I agree. One of the perfect examples is I remember I had a patient that was her bottom was I was when I was doing home health, her bottom was getting red. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't broken yet, right? And I mm-hmm. and I called and I wanted to order a gel overlay mattress for her. Mm-hmm. They said no. The only way to qualify is it had to be break. It had to be uh, uh she had to have stage uh, three or more. I said, wait a minute. So nah, you mean nobody to wants to get to that? <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I'm trying to avoid it. Right. She cannot. She cannot move herself. She right. had a stroke. She cannot reposition herself, and it's unrealistic to think that in the home her family is going to be able to come in here turn, and, and reposition her, right. her, her every two yep. hours. I'm right. trying to prevent it. So you mean to tell me you'd rather have to pay for me to come in here, <laughs> do mm-hmm. wound care, mm-hmm. buy wound care supplies, and everything that goes along with that, and run the risk of her getting an infection, right. having to get a wound back, and all these. A freaking hundred dollar mattress, right? Something simple, it's, something it's, economical, but, right? Economical. Yeah. But this is our system. Yeah. Yep. And on top of that, she would need a medical um, necessity form just to get just to, prior right. off yes. prior authorization. Yes. Then you have to prove that she really needs it. Yes. Medical necessity, which means yes. you have to reach back out to the doctor, whomever, yes. or nurse, just to prove and hope hope that they will approve it so that she can have it. And by the time all that happens is two weeks and we know that in a couple of days it can already progress from where it was to already. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And and I'm not a healthcare giver and I'm right on the other side of seeing okay. you know hospital claims and seeing yes. you know physician claims and yes. having experience with prior offs and medical necessity and all of those different things. That It is it's so like a pyramid and it's upside down down like yep. where the it should be patient care at the top of it at the oh we we no. have it at a broader sense it's it's so yes. inverted that it, it's ridiculous and and i agree with you mantle it and put it back together and then look what is the core of all this and at the center of it should be should be us people humans care that should be the core of it and if we use that as the 
as the centralization and work everything else around it, then I think we would come. But I because that isn't the core, money is the core, the dollar bill is the core. That's Correct. why it's so dis- broken. It's and very broken. dysfunctional <laughs> and broken. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it kind of like it makes people turned, you know, yes. and, and I, I wholeheartedly believe in it too. When I do talk about health insurance, I have to remind people it costs. We have researchers. You got to pay for it. If you want that high tech, that, that state of to pay yep. for that. So you have yep. those doctors and PhDs and, and all those those folks that obtain these degrees, like you said, and go to school for years and years and years to obtain this so that you can get that help or get that medical um that medical or that drug or that state of the art way of um doing a, a surgery different now, you know, as opposed to cutting you open now, now they can use these instruments and these tools to be able right. to do it micro you know, uh laparoscopically or something yeah. like that. So you gotta pay for that. And it costs I'm I'm I don't have a problem with paying my share, you know, of it. I I, I want to pay my share because I believe that I should be invested in what is you know um, being afforded to me, but it's when, like you said, you go to the I have to pay for it. That's a yep. problem for me. Yeah, <laughs> you you do have to pay something. You can't you can't even breathe our air for it. You have to nope. pay for our air. <laughs> you know? yep. something that's yep. already been there. We we still have to pay for that. So yep, not pay into something that um and but investing in something. That's going Correct. to help you. Healthcare, especially yep. healthcare, and and these hospitals and um are trying to make it state of the art to the patient. So maybe you don't have to have that long stay that you would have had maybe twenty years ago. You know, Correct. some Correct. of these things have been um, have progressed so that. You know, even I think of pregnancies and having a baby. I remember, I think, when my mom had us back in the early 70s. My mom might have been in the hospital for maybe a whole week. A seven you know? Day. Yeah, seven days. Now, hey. now, now, without complication, it's 48 what, hours. 48 max. hours. Yep. yep. So, I, and you think about it, you're like, boy, she probably really didn't need to stay long. And when no. you think of it, you really are okay because sometimes you get more and are exposed to more things have to be in the hospital than you Correct. ordinarily would. So Correct. those kind of uh, progressions and things of that nature those are benefits to us now. So those Correct. are the things we need to embrace and look at. So Correct. yeah, yeah, uh, we we you know fix the system. The two of us, but a whole group of us like putting those folks in office. And yep. voting and doing those necessary yep. things that we need to do, that yep. is where we need to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 So yeah. you, we talked about that they need to look at advantage plans. And or mm-hmm. can you talk about, and one of the other things that go along with that advantage plan is your medicine. Because another thing that drives people back to the hospital Right. Um, as I alluded to, is that they don't take their medicine because a lot of them pick these plans and not realizing 
that there's a plan D, which is their medicine plan. And if they don't right. if they don't get into a plan D, even picking the right plan because they find themselves in a donut hole. Right. Yeah. So can yeah. you educate you them have on to look what at that those, is? Yeah. Looking at that pharmacy plan, looking at what and and I also maybe diving a little bit deeper because there are and people might not know this, there are several tiers for Medicaid. You can have your basic tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, and then tier four, that's, that's when it's catastrophic. Call it catastrophic um, type issues or chronic diseases. And catastrophic would probably of like your cancers and things of that nature, things that auto, um, autoimmune diseases and things that require a lot of medication or really potent type of medication. So when you're looking at your benefits for your drugs, um, it's okay to get generic brand. You know, you don't always need that name brand. So when you're speaking with your PCP and things of that nature, um, if they're trying to give you a name brand um, type of drug, you can raise your hand and say, generic brand that I could be because that will be at a lower cost. Um, I've, I always said or told my parents that if your doctor gives you this name brand drug, ask them for the um, Most of the physicians will, there are some who will still give you the name brand. If it's that, if brand is the only drug that's out there, then fine. But if it's something that you um, I'm, I'm thinking about when we buy the Advils and Alanols, um, ibuprofen, get the generic CVS brand, Walgreens, whatever your, uh, your store brand might be, you, you know, get the same drug. It's this, yeah. you know, so those are things that could help with costs and making sure that you have your part D. Yeah, for for um, expenses will also help. One other thing is, if you are able, and I know we're talking about like our older retirement generation, if you have family members or younger family members, or and what I mean by younger, I mean just a little bit younger than um, retirement that might still be working, they can Google and look for those companies out there that will help supplement maybe some of the cost. Um, yeah. I was going to tell you that. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. And I give those cards out because they, they, they provide us with the cards. And so I pass those cards out. If it's something where like, if you fail, if you fail therapy with particular drugs, that's just not working. And I'll give an example. Maybe you are, um, you have congestive heart failure or you have hypertension and you have, fail therapy or you on anticoagulation therapy mm -hmm. uh, and the, some of those drugs that's mainstream, that's low cost, just are no longer working for you. And your doctor has prescribed some of the newer drugs and those tend to be very expensive and don't get me right. started on that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's drug ca cards called RX. So if you're in the hospital or you are, um, you know, you can get with a social worker, whatever, and you. But you can Google and get the RX 
um, cards and that can help mm -hmm. offset the cost. The other thing is that if you go, especially if it's a newer drug, if you go to the uh, pharmaceutical company, Google the right, pharmaceutical the company, the manufacturer yep. of that drug all yep. the time, just because it's a new drug and they're trying to get people to use that drug, they have programs themselves yep. that will help offset that and they will send a form to your physician. You got to stay on mm -hmm. top of your physician. Um, Absolutely. And I'll give a perfect example. I suffer from migraines and I have gone through pretty much, pretty much all of the uh, migraine medications. And the one that I was using, I started having side effects from it. And my neurologist said, you, you know, it's probably time for you to consider coming off of it. And there's a new one, and um, Serena Williams does the advertisement for the, right. the drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know so, what you're talking about. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's quite expensive. And so even with my insurance paying it, I'm like, what? Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I, go I Googled the company. I'm like, look at here. So they sent the form to my doctor's office and then they gave me a, on top of that, the doctor, they gave the doctor these little coupons and she gave me what they give you an additional $10 off. I'm like, $10, uh-uh, no, nah, nah. I need a little bit more. Nah. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I Googled the company, they sent the form and I sent it to the doctor's office. I'm like, I need you to send this, fill this form out so I can send it back. And then they, yeah. they, they give me a, a discount and then they send a couple of samples to the house. Yeah. Yep. I was going to, I'm glad you said that I was going to mention that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've done that. I've absolutely done that. Um, where you can leverage your doctor's office. They, they are your liaisons and it's mm -hmm. because they will be able to provide the medical necessity for why you need it. And then they even um, vouch for you, you know, they're, they're the folks that are going to advocate for you. So I encourage folks to do exactly what you If you, the good or bad doesn't work, or they just, like you said, giving that $10 or $20, um, reach out to the manufacturer of the drug. Also, one of that I, I've reached out to actual drug companies, um, meaning uh, suppliers of it. So you have your manufacturers like your Merck, and Johnson and Johnson, those are the manufacturers, but then they sell that product to CVS or Rite Aid or Walgreens or Walmart or Target. So they then in turn, you can reach out to them, the, the folks that dispense it and see if they have some type of program um, mm -hmm. that you can utilize or leverage. Um, there's grants out there where there's money just sitting out there that folks can use um, let's just say, like you said, for migraines, there might be some type of nonprofit that deals only in migraines and they will give you X amount of dollars if you fill out this form. So there's money out there to be had that you can use for, you know, several different types of things like that. Um, yep. which is how I got involved with the LLS. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. Yep. trying to figure out how to navigate and find funds for my mom to be able to pay for uh, the services that were rendered to her. So, right. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that, that folks got to navigate though. And it's harder yep. for our yep. older generation to navigate it. Yeah. It is. And that's why it's very important that if 
and a lot of times the seniors don't want to ask for help. They don't want to involve their children, but kids, you, you know, you got to get involved because yeah. number one, they don't, they don't understand the fine print. They don't understand. All they know is I get X amount of dollars per month. And right. if I spend yeah. this, then I don't have this. They not understand right. it on the back end. And I know with my dad, I would rather have supplemented and helped him out. And thankfully I was able to do that mm. versus him just having, because I knew if he didn't have it, I wasn't going to make him suffer on the back end. So it was right. more right. financially sound for me to help supplement him on the front end than to be trying to pay this on the back end. Absolutely. That Yeah, that's what I'm you know, front rather than try to figure it out at the end because at the end you, you don't know what to expect. What could happen? And it like I said, there's a big couple thousand than a couple thousands. Cause let's be clear, you have a hospitalization um, for something and that bill could be in the million or not. Yeah. I actually yeah. came across a bill um for one of ours, and this this is a little for COVID. However, the bills were one point two million. I believe you. I have a patient Just, now, and I, yep, yeah, I have a patient now, and I happen and 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 they're running out of benefits, and and the wife was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yes, ma'am." You know, yeah. and, and I off it's it sounds heartless, and I'm not trying to be heartless, but I often think about if people could actually see the bill and if they actually had to write a check make some of the same decisions that they make right yep absolutely absolutely and i'm glad you said that that that's a good set what i was about to say that's what changed the way i looked at healthcare. and i think i started off by saying um what really got my feet wet was my door um Prior to me having her, I was that uh, 30-year-old um, that just, you know, okay, I, I don't really have any many health conditions or things of that nature. I don't have any chronic conditions. So I just got like the lowest plan, not mm -hmm. anticipating anything that could go wrong. What happened? Okay, so I got pregnant. Okay, yeah, okay, cool. You know, my insurance can still pay for it. That was my mindset. Okay, good. Not knowing that I was complicated pregnancy well that incurred some charges and then on top of that I had a baby that had to be in the NICU so you know you don't anticipate certain right. things so now my perspective is totally different now in the way I approach it and the way I speak about it and talk about it to my family members and friends I tell them you might need especially with like you were just saying earlier on if you're you might need to start thinking about having those supplemental plans or paying that higher premium so that you have that lower deductible in addition to, um, you know, like co-insurance and things like that. That's a whole nother topic because yep. that wouldn't necessarily apply to um, Medicare. But if it's other than Medicare and Medicaid, then those are some of the things you need to consider and think about. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's something. It's something trying to navigate this. Absolutely. And then for those who are in the private sector with private insurance, I say, you know, 
if you are young in your career, um, you 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 under thirty, and you are relatively healthy, you don't have many issues. Then you know a lot of times, you know, especially in your if you're in corporate America, oftentimes mm-hmm. you can get away with that plan that your 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 employer pays for you. It includes right. your preventative measures, but make sure that you take care of, take advantage of going getting your preventative right. health. Right. Absolutely. Getting yep. that checkup, making sure you know what your baseline uh, labs are and making sure you know what your baseline uh, blood pressure and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So you and, and establishing a relationship with your PCP. But if you know that hypertension, uh, heart disease, kidney disease, things of that diabetes, nature, diabetes, mm-hmm. those Big things one. running your family. <laughs> yep then you may want to have a PPO plan and you may yes. have to pay, you know, you may have to pay a hundred bucks or less a month to have it, mm-hmm. but it's worth it because you never know when these things can rear their ugly head. Absolutely. And what we're seeing is that 19 to 40 year olds now are having more strokes mm-hmm. and issues with hypertension. And why? Because they are leading that lifestyle to where number one, they're more sedentary because the majority of them are, are, are working behind a computer. They sit all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they, if they're yeah. not working, they're gaming. They don't yeah. even go out to go to the grocery store and get their own food. And this was even pre- it's delivered. <laughs> <laughs> this was even pre-COVID. You know, mm-hmm. my, son, my son came home from college uh, on the weekend. This is pre-COVID. And it's 11 o'clock at night and the doorbell was ringing. Now, anybody that knows me knows you don't ring my doorbell at 11 o'clock at night. I know. And he was like, Mama, calm down. I ordered some food. I'm I like, ordered food. What? 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 Exactly. what he ordered yeah. is less than five minute drive away from the house. I said, why didn't you just go pick it up? I'm like, mm-hmm. And then when I saw it, I'm like, you paid more in charges to have charges. it delivered. Then, what then you, you sort of, yeah. Oh, I, just, I just didn't feel like going. It's all right. Don't I didn't feel it. Yep. What? Yeah, I know. I know. What? <laughs> I know. So they live that sedentary lifestyle. Then they're eating mm-hmm. foods that's more high, high in fat. fats. Mm-hmm. And salt and sodium. And salt. And sodium. And so- <laughs> yeah. And so it is predicted that this, that, that generation it's not going to live as long as we're living. Right. Yep. I agree. And, I, and I'm seeing it. I have 30 year olds that's coming in that's having strokes and stuff. Yeah. And that are more than I have, I have three patients right now under the age of 40. One weighs almost 400 pounds. I got another one that weighs almost 500 pounds. Wow. They're all yeah. morbidly obese. And you know, some of them is a reflection uh, to them is because they have COVID related issues, but we're having a hard time getting them. They still need help, but we have a right. hard time placing them in facilities to continue because they're over the weight limit. Continue the health care. Yeah, because they can't continue the health care for them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Isn't that something? Yeah. That is something. Those statistics that you just kind of like gave are just mind blowing because I'm I'm past that 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 one you know that nineteen or forty some over that. But still, I know exactly what you're talking about because when I look at it from my end, you're looking at it from a healthcare provider. Yep. I can see it from a claims perspective. Yeah. Uh, you know, like and, and then how much 
is costing to care for individuals with that type of um, with those type of issues. And like you said, um, just because you're 20 something or even 30 something does not mean that you can't or won't experience some of those chronic conditions, especially if it's hereditary and it runs in your family, because that's when it starts to rear its head in those 30s, you know, early 30s, late 30s, best believe um, it show itself. Like with what happened to me, my mom and especially on my mom's side, they all had diabetes and my daughter has it for a long time and then I just got diagnosed maybe a year ago and I'm like what because I had been so good at trying to make sure that you know I kept everything and I was like okay it kept creeping up and then I would be like okay all right I need to make some changes and I would make even drastic changes and then my doctor just said you know what it really wasn't probably nothing you would have been able to do you were probably going to get it anyway you know and I'm like that's what I tell people it's like there's you can do everything right but the one thing that we cannot control is our genetic coding yes right exactly i i have i have i had a friend that worked out every day very meticulous about what he puts in his body Mm -hmm. um just do everything right right and he Mm -hmm. had he a couple of weeks ago he had a minor heart attack Mm, see yeah he looks like, like he what? should be on the. He looks like he should be on the cover of a muscle magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm. When I say he works out every day, I don't know how he does it, but he works out seven days a week, and wow. he has a very um, high level job. So he he works a lot of hours, right? Okay. But he goes mm-hmm. to the gym every day, and he works right. out at a minimum of. He spends a minimum of two hours a day in a gym. He's, wow! Yeah, he's very careful about what he puts in his body. He eats mm-hmm. very lean. I mean, just just one of those health freak type guys, right? Right. right. Has zero percent body fat. But mm. I asked him. I said, Are "You genetically predisposed?" He said, "Yes." I said, "Yeah, uh, yeah, yep, yeah." That's that's those yeah those are those um those are those uh, ones where you kind of clutch your pearls and hold your chest like ah oh, right and so I can do. Yeah. right I used to I, I used to always tell my kids because like on on their dad's side they are genetically predisposed for diabetes and heart mm-hmm. disease and mm-hmm. on my side they're ge- ge- genetically predisposed for heart disease diabetes and um kidney disease and I said y'all okay. have a you have a light switch so. When you do lifestyle stuff, that's in the hopes of not flipping the light switch. Right. That's right. just in the hopes of not flipping. That's it. Just the hope. Right. <laughs> just yep. the hope. But those genetics can flip the switch. But yeah. your lifestyle can kind of minimize the mm-hmm. impact. Right. But if you out here just doing any and everything on top of the genetics, then it it can it can set the tone of how your body responds and how sickly you are. You know, it you know, you can you can uh if you're living and you eating kind of well, okay, are you taking a ton of insulin every day or can you get away with a pill? Right, exactly. Yep. That thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you getting all your digits? Are you getting everything cut off and all the kind of stuff? You know, because but you're taking care of your feet, you're going, you stand with the doctor, you monitor, you see what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because those yeah. are some of the things that have 
like you said, toes being cut off. My my grandmother went blind, you know, and yeah. I mean, yeah. this was years ago. Weren't as um, advanced, yeah. Exactly. So, but still, now that I, people have to really be conscious of what they're putting into their bodies. I used to be guilty of it. I'm a little bit more conscious now. Um, of I'm like, oh shoot, I I actually escaped, and it was funny because I'm well over 45, and and I'm like, okay, I got I almost I got in tears, you know, I I bust out crying when I found out I had. I'm like, I didn't want to get that. <laughs> like <laughs> he was like, well, giving your you can meet like it's nobody on my dad's side that had it, but everybody. My mom, her brothers, my yeah. mom, my grandmother. Like it was just almost, you know, eventually going to get it. And my my siblings don't have it, but I keep telling, them, make sure that making sure that you know you do this, you do that, just in the hopes you wouldn't you know kind of get it. But it did bite me. But I'm doing what I'm supposed to do to make sure that, um, you know, I keep it at bay. I'm on pills. I don't want to take insulin, which you know, a good thing. So to exactly. speak. So yep. I'm trying to get to the yep. point where it doesn't have to be, you know, grams or something like that, where I'm trying to exactly. get it at the minimum of what right. I need to take. Yeah. Exactly. Like exactly. you just said, that's the goal. If you do have to do it and have to take certain medications for certain um, chronic diseases, the minimum of whatever it is um, to make sure that you yeah. remain healthy. And look, that goes back to those deductibles and co-pays and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. 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 Our goal is that, you know, you, you have insurance and that's the perp That's what it's for insurance. So that if you need it, uh, you have it, but making sure that you have the right plan, to handle the right circumstances to minimize your out of pocket. Right. And, um, you know, and I, I, I understand again. And the other thing that I wanted to say is that maybe you're not in a situation where you can offset the cost of your parents deductible. Maybe you can help in another way. So maybe you can say, I can't, I can't. So if the insurance premium is $300 a month, maybe you can't catch $150 a month, but maybe if you can meet with your siblings, maybe it's four of you and maybe mm -hmm. each one of y'all can kick in $25 or $30 or whatever and be consistent in doing that. Or maybe y'all can say, okay, well, mom or dad, we can catch the light bill or you can catch the light bill. Can you catch the grocery bill? Whatever y'all have to do in order, you may have to get creative, but whatever you have to do, in order to make sure that they have the right plan so that if they get on the, if they find themselves in that situation, you know, you're not having to say, oh, we got to get out of the hospital or they can't stay at the sniff, you know, because I, I literally have had patients and I've been a director of nursing and I've had family meetings where they are literally come day 19 I don't care. Discharge and discharge and like where it's not safe. It's not safe. And I've, I've, yep. I've had them had to. They have literally signed AMA. I've had patients like I don't care because they don't have a secondary. And unfortunately, you know, I've had people that's one dollar over the threshold to to qualify for Medicaid. Yeah, and that's why I've I've talked about doing 
planning and setting up your 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 finances so that you're not over the threshold and so that you can qualify for these things when you need to. Right. So true. I'm glad you brought that up because family plays a big part when we're talking about our older generation, those who are on Medicare. Um, Fortunately, my parents did not have to. However, I do have family members that I know some of my um, cousins had to kick in and try to and, and did supplement exactly what you just said, because they didn't have enough to be able to get um, that higher premium plan um, for that advantage. So it's important that family has buy in and, and support those folks who need that. Um, just like you said, if it's um, a matter of, OK, let's let um, grandma or grandpa let them you know, use their social security or whatever other supplemental um, income they have to meet that premium, then pick it up somewhere else. Like you said, pay that, that bill, that electric bill, that gas bill, that water bill or whatever, you know, whatever it is, pay the food for that month so that they would be able to afford that. But it all has to be a plan though. You can't just haphazardly do it. You do have to come together and you, plan so that you can see the outward manifestation of it. Okay, well, this month so-and-so is going to do it, but then that doesn't happen. You know, yep. you've got to really come up with a plan and be able to stick to it. Um, and if you have to bring in um, extended family members, guess what? Then do It's a family yep. affair. It's a family Bro. affair. Yep. It's a family, it's a family affair. affair. It, really, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Well, Kim, I, I really, really thank you for sharing your knowledge. And I hope that the listeners understand and really uh, get some takeaways from our discussion about this. That's that's the whole goal. Uh, I'm not going to take up any more time on your um, Sunday. I know it's usually a day of relaxation and trying to prepare our, our mental fortitude for the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the you know I'm gonna use that. I love what you just said. That's exactly what it is. Yes. You have to prepare that yes. I'm gonna adopt that. <laughs> Absolutely. And hopefully oh, soon once these once these numbers stop ticking uh ticking up, either you'll mm-hmm. get, you'll make your way to Texas or I'll make my way to Philadelphia. Absolutely in person because I know we yes. in person. Yes, we will. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I can't wait to come to Texas. <laughs> yep. But you gotta come when it's not hot because baby, it was yeah. 104 degrees here yesterday, and Ooh. I thought I was in hell. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> maybe I can come maybe during the you know the fall and winter months. Yeah. Fall like or either or the or like between between January and April is not bad. Okay. And then okay. Like, mm-hmm. like October to December is is I mean October to January. Yeah, yeah, October to March, April is not too okay. bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds we're, good. We'll have some fluctuations, but baby, that that uh, that June, to August, September. Mm-mm. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not for the faint of heart. Mm-mm. It isn't. <laughs> no. 
We've no. had some high temperatures, but they go back down. We don't just have 104 just just out of the blue. We might have some 99s, and you know, we think we're dying with that. So yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. no, no. and then you Oof. have the humidity. It's, yeah, it's just nothing going. It's just humid. Wow. Just high. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to it. I all right, my friend. Well, I really yes. appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Humbled okay. by it. All right. All right. Enjoy care. your day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. I hope you uh, gleaned a lot of information from my conversation with Kim. Um, and I'd like to apologize uh, during the editing process. I noticed that there were some areas where I think maybe we were losing Wi-Fi connectivity. And if I would have edited uh, certain areas, I think it would have taken away from the whole um, interview and would have lost uh, some important um, discussion that we had in regarding in regards to uh, choosing a healthcare plan that is suitable for you and the importance of really understanding that your decision should not be based just on cost alone. You really have to take into consideration your lifestyle, uh, genetic factors, and um, any upcoming um, things that you may have on the horizon. For example, if you know that you're going to be attempting pregnancy um, and, you know, with it is the hopes that everything go as planned and you conceive. But what if you don't do your insurance or the insurance that you choose? Will it cover infertility? And if it does, at what percentage or what part? Because it varies. There are some jobs that offer uh, infertility coverage because in the state of Texas, that's considered a rider. So it's not a part of the normal coverage, but your employer have to have that rider um, in order to be able to offer it to you. And you may pay a little bit more for that particular plan. But if, if you know that you're going to be trying to conceive and there's a possibility that infertility can be an issue, then you want to look and see if that's something that's, uh, of, you know, that's available to you. Uh, perhaps you've been considering wanting to have bariatric surgery. You've been battling with weight. Uh, you've been blessed to get a job and now you're choosing healthcare benefits. You want to look and see, is that something that is offered? And it can't be for cosmetic, but from a medical standpoint, maybe your doctor has been talking to you because you have hypertension or things of that nature, and you can benefit from that surgery. You would want to examine and, and really drill into a plan to see if these things are covered. And so that's why uh, I was so happy um, to... Uh, cross paths with Kim because I've been wanting to do this series for a very long time. Um, and I'm thankful that she was gracious enough to not only share from her professional standpoint, but she interjected how even from a uh, personal standpoint, uh, her knowledge um, came into play and really how she was kind of pushed. She didn't realize it, or I, I don't think we realized it during the interview, but if you listen and talk about how she first, um, had to learn to understand about insurance is because she has a special needs child. And then that kind of pushed her into her current career path. And I think God has a way of putting us 
where we need to be and getting us on our path because now we're able to share what we've learned and our passion for people and knowledge uh, with you so that hopefully we can circumvent you from having to uh, not receive the health care that you need and deserve because of cost. And so when you receive that packet, don't wait until the last minute to um, start going through it. Uh, really take your time and look and, and try to figure out what is best for you. Uh, there's an HMO plan. There's a PPO plan. What is the difference between the two? Usually HMO plans are cheaper, but you have to be uh, in a managed Medicare. I'm sorry, in a managed uh, care uh, plan where you have a primary care physician and everything related to your care is driven by that primary care physician. So you have to go see your PCP. And if they feel like you need to see a specialist, they have to make a referral. You cannot go and see a doctor without a referral. And you have to stay uh, within your network. If you go outside of that network or you uh, seek medical care without a referral, then you can become responsible for that bill. Uh, and even if it's an emergency situation, you still have to make sure that you go to a hospital that is within uh, that network. And also you have to notify your plan provider uh, within X amount of time, letting them know that you had an emergency and you've now been admitted to the hospital so that your primary care physician can document that and submit authorization for you. Um, and oftentimes, you know, people, like I said, will choose that plan because it tends to be more economical. It tends to have a, a, a lower copay and as well as a, a lower or more affordable deductible. But if you know you have healthcare problems or you know that there are certain things uh, in your medical history that you're going to need uh, to pay attention to, then uh, I encourage you to really look at a PPO plan. PPO plans are more expensive because it gives you more flexibility. Uh, yes, you have to use physicians in your network and those plans will pay at a higher rate if you use a physician in network, but you also have the ability to flex out of network. And so uh, you may have a, a higher out-of-pocket cost, but you have more freedom. And here's a tidbit for you. Um, if it is really, really medically necessary, there are certain specialties to where that plan may not have a, a specialist in that plan uh, that can provide the care that you need and you're forced to go out of network. Then you need to have a conversation with your physician, have that physician to write a uh, letter of medical necessity and submit that to the insurance so that you can possibly uh, be able to see that out of network physician, but only pay uh, in network benefits. So these are things that's very important to understand and to know. And these are the primary differences between an HMO and a, and a PPO plan. And for those who are in a managed Medicare plan, you decided that instead of doing traditional Medicare, you're going to go into a plan. And there are several reasons that people do this. Number one, again, is cost. And number two, there tends to be more um, 
benefits attached to those plans, but you really need such as, uh, being able to have, um, vision insurance, your, um, pharmacy, uh, some of them have to where now you can go and join a gym and get a gym membership because that's considered as preventative medicine. So they have uh, added that to make it more enticing to try to, uh, move people into, um, uh, advantage or, or manage plans. Um, but again, you really need to drill into it, look at your, your health, um, care challenges, um, and make sure that, um, you're getting what you're paying for. Um, if you know that, uh, you, you're in and out of the hospital, there may be a time when you need home health, you need to really compare and find out and ask questions like, okay, well, if something happens to me and I end up needing home health, how many visits will this plan pay for? Because you have some plans who will only cover 60 visits. You have some plans that will cover uh, for X amount of months out of the year. And remember, when I said 60 visits, if you are in a situation, I'll give this example, uh, Perhaps it's a patient that has a wound, that dressing has to be changed um, two to three times a week, where you see uh, if you only have 60 visits, that can go by rather quickly. And maybe that wound won't um, have healed by the time that you've used those 60 visits. And so oftentimes what I see um, and what we have to do is we have to train a family member or someone to learn how to change that dressing so that on, the nurse is only coming out once a week and max twice a week to try to extend those visits. But sometimes my patients are in a situation where they don't have anyone to do that for them and they can't change their own dressing, be it due to a limited eyesight or mobility issues. So, again, these are important things that you really want to drill into and ask. And so, again, don't wait to the last minute. Read through your packets. They are boring. I, and and I'm guilty. I, I've been in healthcare for almost 30 years and I used to do the same thing as like just just whatever. You know, I would ask very superficial questions. But the longer I've been in healthcare and now that I've gained experience and I know how these plans work, it is very important to really drill down into what's being covered and don't forget read the fine print. I know with all of these, um, I know with my employer. Uh, we have a enrollment, open enrollment line where we can actually call and speak to someone. And I'm quite sure this is universal and really ask specific questions and drill into the plan. And the same thing goes for the Medicare uh, managed plans. They are doing open enrollment. They have people you can call and you can ask these questions and make notes and then start comparing, draw your column and compare and then choose based on those needs. I understand trying to save, especially when you're on a limited income. But trust me, I can tell you that it can cost you more on the back end when you really need the service and you don't have the benefits. And now they're telling you you have to pay out of pocket for maybe a home health visit or uh, physical therapy or whatever it is because you don't have enough coverage. And so, again, I really want to uh, thank Kim 
uh, for being my guest. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Jody Ann Beery, who's the host um, of Black Cancer. And um, she was so gracious to put me in contact with Kim. Kim was um, a guest on her podcast um, as we discuss um, her journey uh, with her mother uh, battling cancer. And so um, I, I want to uh, thank Jody Ann for that, as well as encourage you that if you know anyone who is battling cancer or perhaps you have battled cancer, even if you are a survivor, I encourage you to check out uh, Black Cancer Podcast because uh, she covers the gamut for those who are just starting uh, treatment, have gone through treatment, or survivors, or um, the care provider. I, I you know, I, I thought that was fantastic that she included that episode um, so that even from the patient's perspective, we could see things through our loved one's eyes as they uh, help us navigate through our journey. So again, I want to say thank you to Kim. Thank you to Jody Ann and everybody have a great night.